Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Good morning, everybody. It's David Hilden. Denny Long, Denny Long and I are going to be here with you this morning. Uh, we're going to answer your COVID questions. And uh, Denny and I are both at uh, remote locations. Uh, none of us are in the studio together, although Dennis is running the show. Hey, doctor. <laughs> we're, we're, and there's we're, Denny. We're, we're breaking in uh, new equipment here. And I'm, uh, I'm not at the transmitter this morning, as you mentioned. I happen to be in the comfort of my own home, as, as I think you are. So good morning, and I would imagine you had a very busy week. Heard you were on with Dave Lee quite often this week. I, I was, Denny. We were, uh, I'm doing a, a, a 7.20 Tuesday and Thursday mornings with Dave Lee uh, with the, on the morning, show, uh, morning news with Dave Lee on WCCO. I've been with Paul and Jordana in the afternoon drive time several times as they're taking questions also at 5.30. So I'm trying to get the word out there. We're doing our extended shows here as well. And uh, just trying to get the word out there for information for people. It's a kind of a, a, well, it's not kind of, it is a scary time for all of us. And life is not as we have been used to in the, in the past. So sometimes just all of us chatting about it over the, over the airwaves. Hopefully we'll give people a little uh, more information so that they can uh, go about their lives armed with the right reliable information. Absolutely. And uh, if uh, you have a question uh, for the doctor, now it's going to be an open line show today all the way up till uh, 8 o'clock this morning. So call us or text us. It's the same number, 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. Uh, Dr. Hilden, I know you have other things to say here, but I uh, did get a text that uh, came in a few minutes ago, and I thought maybe we could lead off with that. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Denny and Dr. Hilden, this past week, Dave Lee was talking to a doctor about the co- coronavirus, and the doctor was asked why a healthy older person was more prone to acquire the disease than a healthy younger person. I believe the doctor was beginning to answer with uh, something about red blood cells, but was interrupted by an interview with the governor. Uh, could you possibly answer that? Well, I'll give that a try. Um, the The coronavirus is uh, so worrisome to us because it does it. None of us have ever seen it before. Uh, none of our immune systems have ever seen it before. So, in other words, it's sort of like a it's like a Trojan horse. It's a stealth attack. It's something we didn't. Our bodies never saw. The older human body has a, an immune system that is less robust. Uh, uh, even if you're a healthy person in your 70s or 80s, 
you are your immune system is not exactly what it was like when you were 20. And so your immune system maybe isn't able to marshal its resources quickly enough. Not to use such a you know, military um, <laughs> metaphors, but it's sort of true. It isn't able to call up the troops and get them get them to the front lines quickly enough. And who are the troops in your body? Well, it is your your cells of your of your body. It is the white blood cells, and um, of your that are made in your bone marrow and they are distributed throughout your body. They are the ones that fight infections. And that whole system of creating new blood cells and liberating them from your bone marrow and into your blood where they can do their work is not quite as efficient in older people. And so uh, younger, healthier people are are less likely to have this um, become an overwhelming, unrecoverable situation than is an older person. So that's sort of um, a, a, I don't know exactly what the, the doctor earlier in the week was talking about with the cells, but that's probably it. Your your body's immune system works through your cells of your body. I think that's probably what they were getting at. The message is clear, though. Even if you're a healthy older adult, you ought to take uh, the distancing measures um, even more seriously than everybody else. But I'm hoping everybody's taking them seriously. Again, 651-989-9226 is the phone number and the text number, if that is easier for you. I wanted to ask you, Dr. Hilden, how was uh, the week at the hospital this past week? A little busy? Yeah, we're a little busy. You know, what's, what's interesting, we're busy planning. Uh, you'd be amazed at the amount of planning that's going on. I, I can't, um, I just, I, I'm just so impressed with our, with our emergency preparedness. A little bit, um, maybe surprisingly, we are not overrun, well, not surprisingly to us, but maybe to the public, we're not overrun with patients yet. And uh, we are managing the patients who come to the hospital just fine, where we put people who we might suspect have this infection in special rooms and have special signs on the door. And and we go into those rooms with um, the equipment uh, uh, that we have. We put that on. So that part hasn't been um, too overwhelming yet. What we are doing is the planning. We have what's called a hospital incident command system. HICS or incident command that meets either once or twice a day and then is in communication all day long to manage all of the various issues, whether it be food for employees or locating masks or other personal protective equipment, what to do when the surge hits. That's what we talk about all the time, what to do when the surge hits, like it is hitting in New York City. And so those are the kinds of things we do every day. So we, we do phone call meetings like like champions. You'd be shocked at how how many meetings we do via phone. Um, we are doing our distancing at the hospital just as much as you are at home to the degree we can. It's hard to do in the hospital hallways, but we don't have meetings face-to-face any longer, things like that. And we are um, we're ready with our plans. It's an amazingly efficient system, and I'm very proud of our, our staff at Hennepin Healthcare because we are sort of the, um, some of the experts on emergency preparedness, and, and so that's what we're spending much of our time doing. Very good. We need to take a quick break here, Doctor, inviting our listeners to join in on the conversation. If you have a uh, question doesn't have to be about COVID-19. This is an open line show today. Your general health questions for Dr. David Hilton. 
989-9226. That's both the text number and the phone call. If you want to call it in or text it in, same number applies. Going to get some rain today, possibly mixed with snow, uh, becoming all rain after 9 this morning. A high today near 46, going to be a windy day today. And by tomorrow, we'll get up to near 54 with some patchy fog in the morning. Right now, here on this uh, Sunday morning in the Twin Cities, our temperature reading here on WCCO, 34 degrees. We'll be right back. And good morning. Welcome back to Healthy Matters. This is an early edition. Now we're giving you more chance to uh, call in or uh, text in your general health questions. For the doctor, again, 651-989-9226 is the, the phone number. Hi, Denny. This is David again. And and. And we're talking uh, open lines with our listeners this morning. I'm talking about COVID, if you would like. Um, I would like to give listeners a little bit of uh, information uh, that they can get on the web. There's a few sites that I've been trying to tell people about. The first one is my uh, my diary blog. If you will, I'm writing a little short diary pieces from the hospital. You can read the, the posts I have thus far. So far, thousands of people a day are looking at this, so you might want to be one of the next ones. Um, it's myhealthymatters.org. Simply go to myhealthymatters.org. And then I want to encourage people to go to hennepinhealthcare.org. There's all kinds of information about the coronavirus, but there's also other kinds of information. There's ways for you to write a thank you note to healthcare workers. There's a place for you to donate there's some tips about dealing with anxiety during the coronavirus. There's even fitness videos that you can do done by Natalie Eichmann. And you can get a message from our CEO and other important information. So check it out at hennepinhealthcare.org. All right, 651-989-9226 is our phone number, 651-989-9226. If you happen to have a question for, uh, for the doctor, uh, call us or text us. You know what? We're all trying to do things a little differently in uh, these days. Uh, Where I'm from my home, you're from your home. We've got the transmitter up north. We've got the studio downtown. We're doing things a little bit differently this morning. We'll get your phone calls and texts in as we're able to get through some of those uh, uh, little Sunday morning um, glitches, but no worries here. Denny, how how has it been working uh, for you from home? It's been pretty good, actually. Um, uh, there's there's outside of you know grocery shopping, you're being very cautious about that. But we're we're pretty much sticking to home like everybody else. And uh, and I noticed that other people, even the, when we go out for walks, the people are very conscious about uh, about keeping their distance. Have you found that too? Because I know you're a runner. Yeah, exactly. In fact, I I went out. Um, I had a I've had this weekend where I didn't go uh, um, into the hospital and doing my work from home as well, and I went for a run around Lake Harriet. And I just want to commend the Minneapolis Park Board for closing the streets around the lake because uh, now we can all spread out. If you walkers and runners are are doing their best to stay far apart, and then when you come up when you come up on somebody. You give them the widest berth. It's like we're all um, kind of, a, a, you know, giving each other the, the like, a boy, I don't want to be anywhere by you. But everybody seems to understand we're all doing it for the health of each other. One of the uh, words I we use a lot is social distancing. And in reality, um, we don't want you to stay socially distant from an emotional level. We want people to stay physically distant. 
And so um, I read an article just yesterday about, about the terminology that we use. And physical distancing is probably even a better term because we still need to call each other. We still need to talk to our neighbors across the picket fence as long as we're 10 feet away from them. We need to wave to our, our, our neighbors as we're running by them from a safe distance. So we want to make sure that we're not staying socially and emotionally distant from each other. We need to support each other, but we need to do definitely need to stay physically distant. There is nothing that Minnesotans can do that important. Um, it is you are doing your part. It is critically important that people stay far apart. I just can't say that enough. Um, what's happening in New York, I have, is devastating, and it it already happened in Italy. And I, I fear that our situation here in the United States is going to be worse than other places. It's because we're not doing it as well as they did in other countries. China, we have way more cases than China. China figured that out. We are doing less good job than did China. And so I want to make sure that we all know how important that physical and social distancing is. It's not just something to, uh, to um, take lightly. I'll tell you what, uh, I know we have to break here in a few minutes, and we'll be around till 8 o'clock this morning answering your uh, questions, your general health questions uh, this morning on Healthy Matters. Let's go to the phones, Dr. Hilden. Don, I believe, is calling in from Center City. Don, thank you. What's your question for the doctor? Yes, good morning. Thank you. Uh, my question is that the doctor just said uh, that uh, I'm like I'm an 85-year-old healthy male, and my immune system uh, may not... Uh, perk up again, but I'm scheduled to give blood with the Red Cross this week. What does he recommend? First of all, I commend you for wanting to give blood. We do need blood supplies um, in our society, um, not just today, but always. I would probably, um, well, I will recommend that an older adult not go out, however. If I were you, I would not give blood this week. And I, I can't believe I'm actually telling a person who's willing to donate blood maybe not to do it at this moment. I think if you are 85, I would prefer that you're not out and about. Now, if the Red Cross is listening or, or the Memorial Blood Centers are listening, um, they might have different advice, and they might have a way to keep you completely isolated from others. I know they're doing a great job at keeping people safe at the blood donation center. So I don't want people to think that it's not okay to give blood. But for an 85-year-old person, I think that the physical distancing is going to be very, very important. So why don't you call your blood center and tell them your concerns and see if you maybe can't uh, um, contribute to to our situation in other ways. Um, I would be slightly worried about it, and my apologies to the blood donation centers if that's not the advice they would be giving you. But I think it's very important that older adults stay physically distant from others. Very good. 651-989-9226 is the phone number and the text number. And, Dr. Hilden, we have a bunch of text messages. And I know we have to break here in a couple of minutes, but we will be with you for another hour till 8 o'clock this morning. So if you have a general health question for the doctor, please call in or text in. Uh, here's one. Is there any truth to the virus feeding off ibuprofen? That was an early concern that didn't really pan out. There was some thought that maybe it was people who were on ibuprofen who were the ones who got sick. There is no solid evidence that that's the case. That being the, that being the case, um, you should always be careful and only take ibuprofen and other non-steroidal drugs if you really, truly need them. My suggestion is that if you are taking them because you 
really have a need for them um, due to some uh, rheumatologic or other condition, then you could continue to do so. For everybody else, if it's just a more optional thing, you might want to avoid them just because there's so much that we don't know. So maybe everybody else avoid ibuprofen um, just out of an abundance of caution. But you should know that there is no ab- actual evidence that, the, that it's harmful in this situation. All right, we're going to be breaking here in just about a minute. Maybe I can grab a quick text here. A 68-year-old female had my spleen removed in 84. Am I considered uh, immunosuppressed uh, even though I've had all the pneumonia vaccines? That comes from Kathy. Yeah, that question does come up. When you don't have the spleen, you're more susceptible to bacterial infections, and this is a virus. So in and of itself, the removal of your spleen does not put you at higher risk for coronavirus. You might have other reasons you had your spleen removed that put you at higher risk, but for the the fact you don't have a spleen puts you at higher risk for some bacterial infections, but not viral ones such as this one. You know, before we break, uh, can you uh, give those websites again as you did last week? Uh, Absolutely, uh, Danny. Um, HennepinHealthcare.org is our hospital system's website. You can leave a thank you note. You can donate money to healthcare workers. You can read some some tips about reducing anxiety. There's fitness videos and a message from our CEO, Jennifer D. Kubelis. You can also go and look at my blog and diary at MyHealthyMatters.org, where I give you to, uh, little insights from what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis, myhealthymatters.org. Very good. As we head to this break, keep in mind, we'll be back for another full hour of Healthy Matters here on WCCO 651-989-9226. That's both the text number and the phone call. We'll talk to you next hour. And good Sunday morning to you once again. Welcome to Healthy Matters. If you happen to have any kind of a general health question for Dr. David Hilden, this is an open line show. Obviously, we'll be still getting a lot of questions, doctor, about uh, about the COVID-19. Uh, good morning again to you, Dr. Hilden. Thank you. Good morning to you, Denny. Yeah, I'll bet we'll get a lot more corona slash COVID questions today. Well, I'm happy to answer whatever people have on their minds. Uh, I think that one's on a lot of people's minds right now. Yes, yeah, for sure. 651-989-9226 is the phone number and the text number. We have a bunch of text messages, but I know we have callers as well, doctor. Uh, so let's uh, let's grab Ken and Blaine, first of all. Ken, thanks for waiting. What is your question for Dr. Hilden? Good morning. Um, I have a question concerning testing. I uh, just done uh, Friday night uh woke up with a lot of excessive coughing and a slight uh, uh, tension in my chest and a headache. So I filled out this form that you fill out, you know, to send in. And, and I got the uh, email back, and it said that uh, um, they went through my all my symptoms and so forth. And they said, well, it looks like you have COVID-19, but uh, just stay home. Don't, uh, don't uh, you know quarantine yourself and uh and then uh don't come to the hospital at this point with those symptoms and then it turned out that they said you know we don't record the this or we don't test for this so what i'm thinking is are there a lot of people that have covid19 because they're not doing the test that probably have covid19 but are not uh it's not logged or recorded so there might be many many more people than what they're actually reporting okay you have hit the nail exactly on the head. <laughs> um, I wish I could say it were different, but um, what your experience was, was what we are telling people now. If you have symptoms, stay home. 
Now, when you shouldn't stay home is if you are uh, you can't breathe. I mean, if if it is really seriously problematic for you, then you do need to go in. But those are the minority of people. Um, you you will have hit the problem, however, on testing. We estimate there is at least five, probably ten, maybe. 15 times as many people have it than we are reporting. So what we report, when I say we, I mean the authorities. It comes out of the Minnesota Department of Health, who is a reliable authority, I will add. Uh, We are saying those are the ones that are positive of those that we have tested. um, The current estimates are there's probably 10 times as many. So if we have 440, roughly, in Minnesota, which is the case, Wisconsin has more, uh, it's probably 4,000 people in Minnesota have it at this moment. That number is going up very quickly. Uh, we are doubling the number of people that we test positive every few days. In New York, it's down to every two or three days. We are doubling the number, and that is a very, very steep curve. If you were to plot them on a piece of paper on a little graph, the curve is exceptionally steep. So we're adding a lot of cases, and that is even when we're only testing a small number of people. The reason we're doing that is simply because for the last two months, we have not had any test supplies. Our we can talk about why that might be, but let's just say we didn't plan for this at, at the national level very well. And so we don't have uh, test kits. That is changing. The one optimistic thing I have, I have a lot of optimism, actually, but the one really optimistic thing is that testing is much better now than it was, say, a month ago. We are sending tests to um, for many more people. My hospital is probably going to be expanding the number of people we test even as early as this week. And the main reason for that is that hospitals will be able to do the tests in their own facility. Currently, we swab your back of your nose, um, way back of your nose, and we send it to St. Paul or Kansas or Utah or somewhere. And they do the testing and they give the results back to us several days later. If we are able to do the testing in our own hospital, we'll have those results in in almost the same day, which is a game changer for us. So our hospital is on the cusp of being ready to do that, as are many other hospitals. And I anticipate we'll be one of the first hospitals in Minnesota able to do that. But other hospitals are right there as well. So your own hospital likely will be able to get you much quicker testing in the coming weeks. That's the thing of optimism right there. Very good. Uh, let's grab a call before we break to uh, Jim. Uh, New Brighton we go. Jim, uh, you're on CCO. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Uh, I'm, uh, I've been looked at my, for washing hands now for this COVID-19. Uh, I, I looked at my soap and it's, it's antibacterial. And I said, well, that isn't doing me any good. So then I went, I'm using dial hands, dial uh, bar soap now. Is that doing me any good or do I need a specific, uh, a specific soap for this? I'm really glad you asked that because that's a common and really good question. The antibacterial soap is worthless for this. In fact, I don't recommend antibacterial soap ever. It does more harm than good um, in the in general. So even when this thing's done, use up your antibacterial soaps, and I wouldn't buy that anymore. Dial soap or uh, or any regular soap is what we're recommending because it it's more. It's a, it, it mechanically washes it away. As long as you wash with soap and water and warm water for 20 seconds, 
and get under your wedding rings and any other jewelry, get under your nails, really work it for 20 seconds, which is longer than you think. It doesn't matter so much what soap you use. Where it does matter what you use is when you're cleaning surfaces. So if you're wiping down your surfaces in your home or your office, use something that will kill viruses. So those would be the disinfecting wipes that you get. Um, um, some of them have bleach in them. Some of them don't, but they um, they are ones that you'd want a disinfecting wipe. But for your hands, any soap will do. I notice, and I know we have to break here in less than a minute, that uh, the uh, people at the uh, staff at the grocery stores are really doing a tremendous job wiping things down, constantly wiping things down. Have you seen that too, doctor? I have, and that's so important. They say the things that you can do that are the most important are, A, stay home. Nothing more important than that. But if you have to go out, washing your hands at least 10 times a day has been shown to be helpful uh, in wiping things down. So I don't think I would touch a grocery cart without wiping it down first. I wouldn't. I, I would try not to touch a doorknob in the public. I would try not to touch a public anything without wiping it down first. And our grocery stores and other businesses are doing a great, great job at that. Yeah, I have. I've seen exactly what you've mentioned, Denny. Absolutely. Well, let's take a quick break here. Again, inviting our listeners to join in on the conversation. If you have a text question or if you have a phone call, same number, 651-989-9226. Light snow, a little fog, a little mist. Our current Twin City temperature reading 34. We'll be right back. And good Sunday morning to you. Welcome back to Healthy Matters. If you have any kind of a general health question for Dr. David Hillen, by all means, call it in or text it in same number, 651-989-9226. Dr. Hilden, uh, a text came in uh, a bit ago and uh, talking about the blood pressure medication Losartan being tested as a possible COVID-19 drug. Is, is that true? Well, we're testing about more than I can count. 30, 40, 50 things that might be possible. Uh, I don't know. I don't have any insider information about Losartan. Uh, uh, there, it, it, it works, um, but the, the general, how can I say this? Losartan works at a same receptor possibly than, that does the coronavirus. There is, there is research going on to see what is it about this virus that it goes so deep in a person's lung and latches on. Well, there are these little um, receptors, little places in your lung that other drugs also work at. And so they would be natural possibilities for, for helping with this. And so there are lots of drugs being investigated. Um, I don't have any um, particular optimism about Losartan right now, but one never knows. Uh, since we don't have any treatments now for it uh, that, that we know work, I think that I, I would encourage all researchers around the world, um, whatever they're looking into, it's a good thing to be looking into it because we just don't know what we don't know. That's one of my common phrases I tell medical students. We don't know what we don't know. <laughs> and so, and so uh, let's look at all of the possibilities. That's true in life as well, I think. Huh? Exactly. Uh, before we go back to the phones, doctor, there's a text that came in a bit ago. Uh, as a 60-year-old couple... How concerned should we be of getting COVID-19 from our three-and-a-half-year-old grandchild, especially if he goes to daycare? I think we should be somewhat concerned about that. Uh, I'm encouraging families, including my own, 
to stay away from each other. So, um, for instance, my poor mom and dad are at home, and I'm telling all my family and friends, you don't even get to go there. You don't get to go in their house. You don't get to touch anything. You don't get to come within 6 to 10 feet of them. Um, Now, 60-year-old people are a slightly lesser risk because 60 isn't 80. But at the same time, uh, children can be asymptomatic carriers of this virus. And yes, they are being exposed at um, possibly in their congregate settings, which is daycare. Very fortunately, children are not falling ill in very large numbers. It's possible, but they're not falling ill in large numbers. So my advice to this texter is to, I hate to say it, but stay away from your grandchildren. Don't have them hug you. Don't have them. If they visit, they need to stay outside the door. If they come in the house, they need to stay on the other side of the room and they're not to touch anything. And uh, that's going to be hard with a three-year-old. So maybe for a while here, visit your grandchildren from a distance. All right. Let's go back to the phones. Anna is calling from Excelsior. Anna, thanks for waiting. What is your question? Uh, I'm an 89-year-old woman with macular degeneration. And I take shots for that every four to six weeks. And it's been kept under control extremely well. Well, I'm supposed to go the end of this week to the clinic to have another shot, and I don't think that's a really good idea. Um, But how will that affect uh, my not having a shot? Uh, How will that affect the macular degeneration? That, too, is a really good um, I would call your eye doctor. I, I almost never give um, very specific eye advice because your eyes are too important, and I am not an eye doctor, and that would be outside of my area of expertise. What I suggest you do, Anna, is that you do call your eye doctor because I know almost no other group of specialists is thinking about this as hard as eye doctors. The reason being is this. First of all, the first doctor who discovered this thing in China was an eye doctor. Secondly, your eye doctor has to get very close to your body. You can imagine why. They're looking into your eye. So I know that your eye doctor is thinking about this a great deal. As for your macular degeneration, um, although I can't say what the consequences of missing one of your shots are, your doctor can. If any eye exam is possible to be delayed, that's always the recommendation. But I know that certain eye exams and treatments can't be delayed. And so if that's the case, perhaps your eye doctor will be able to figure out a way to do it safely with you. But that would be my biggest advice is to call them and ask them, what are the consequences if I missed one of my shots? And then you're just going to have to weigh the risks and the benefits. If your vision is in jeopardy, then you probably would want to um, figure out a way to safely get to your eye doctor. But if your vision isn't in jeopardy, maybe you would ask them to wait. So I would for sure call them uh, tomorrow. Very good. 651-989-9226 is our phone number and text number. Uh, Mary is calling from uh, Shoreview, I believe. Mary, thank you. What is your question? Yes. um, Years ago, I was told that using vinegar water, a strong amount of vinegar, will also contain viruses. And if I have a question on food, you know, if something, apple's been sitting out for a while, that put it in the vinegar water to help control any type of virus or germs that are on it. Is this true or is that an old wives' tale that I have been living by? (laughs) 
it might be an old tale, but there's a lot of truth to it in my limited knowledge. Um, vinegar is a great cleaning agent. In fact, well before this, and as my wife would tell you, I am not a cleaning expert, but well before this, <laughs> we've been using vinegar to clean at home all the time for the last 20 years. We've been wiping things down with vinegar because it is an effective cleaner. Um, I don't have the evidence about whether it kills this particular virus. So I don't ever want to tell all of you listeners something that I don't know to be absolutely true. And so I have to always have a caveat. I don't know if vinegar kills this virus, but it is a good cleaning agent. So rather than just wiping down your countertop with the nasty old washcloth that you have over your sink faucet, like I do, it would be great to wipe down your countertops and your handles with with a vinegar solution. It would be better probably to use a bleach-based solution or a chemical disinfectant, but vinegar is an effective cleaner. I don't know about your apple. Um, I, I, I don't know about cleaning food itself. That would be something I just don't really have good um, information about. You should know that you can't get coronavirus infections by eating it. You, you can't. It has to go into your lungs to get infected. So if you are, so the risk of it is not that you swallowed coronavirus. That's actually safe. The risk is that it's on your hands, and then your hands touched your nose, or your nose touched the apple somehow, or you rubbed your eyes. The ways you get this are through into your lungs. So that's through your mouth into your lungs, your nose into your lungs, or your eyes actually are a place of uh, of infection. But if you swallow it, you're okay. So clean with vinegar, I think that's a good idea. But I don't know if it disinfects food adequately. Very good. How's that for an answer? <laughs> that was good. Uh, here's a question I bet you get a lot, doctor. Does the pneumonia shot keep you from getting pneumonia if you get the COVID-19 virus? Yeah, pneumonia shots are effective. Um, well, they're only effective, let's say, against pneumococcal pneumonia, which is a streptococcus, which is a bacteria. So it will not, they will not protect you in the slightest against coronavirus. So, um, so absolutely not. A, a pneumonia vaccine will not protect you against coronavirus. However, it would give you less risk of getting a second infection for a bacterial pneumonia but it won't prevent the initial uh, problem with coronavirus. And people aren't dying of bacterial pneumonia with coronavirus. They're getting an overwhelming inflammatory um, response in their lungs um, that uh, uh, no antibiotics will help. And so I still recommend you get your pneumonia vaccine, but for different reasons, not for the COVID epidemic. All right, very good. i tell you what, I know we're uh, due for a uh, bottom-of-the-hour break. Just to, to alert our listeners, if you have any kind of a, a question, a health question, it doesn't have to be about the virus, 651-989-9226. If you want to phone in your question to uh, Dr. Hilden or if you want to just uh, send a text, uh, that number, uh, same number, applies, 651 989 Nine two two six. Well, I'll tell you what, let's take a quick break here. We'll have a look at that forecast, too, coming up in a moment. Right now, light snow, some fog, some mist in the Twin Cities. Our current CCO temperature reading, 34 degrees. We'll be back. And good morning. Welcome back to Healthy Matters. It's an open line show today, meaning your general health questions for the doctor does not have to be about the virus. If you have any other kind of uh, health question about yourself or someone you care about, 651-989-9226. Uh, Dr. Hilden, we've got, oh boy, as usual, a ton of uh, text messages and uh, callers as well. Let's grab a couple of text messages 
and uh, see if we uh, can't pick up a few here. Uh, Here's one. It says, I've been in self-quarantine since the beginning. Do I still need to stay in quarantine even though I've been symptom-free? That person does. Now, uh, I assume this person is just uh, in the general population where quarantine is not the right word. It's shelter at home. We, mm-hmm. Quarantine is more you've been infected, you've got it, and you're being kept like in a locked location or something or at your house because you were infected. Uh, if this person is not infected or has not been exposed to a high-risk situation, then they can shelter at home like the rest of us, which means stay at home for all but the most essential things. Uh, now, if this person was traveling to Europe or, or a place where it was even New York, then yes, they do need to quarantine themselves for 14 days and not see another human being for 14 days. Uh, but if they haven't been in one of those high-risk situations and they haven't tested positive, then they need to shelter in place like the rest of us. People wonder about why we're so adamant about this staying at home thing. And it is uh, it is simply because we are not able in this country to test the people and then isolate or quarantine the positives. That's what they did in, say, um, South Korea. That's what they did in Taiwan, countries that were very successful at limiting the spread of this without going to all the measures we're having to go to. They didn't have everybody stay at home in South Korea. What they did was they tested everybody very early and they isolated the positives. We were unable to do that, so that's why we're in a situation where our our best chance is without a doubt for us to stay at home. It makes all the difference in the world. If anyone is wondering whether or not staying at home is important, let me lay that uh, that question to, to rest. If you're listening in um, greater Minnesota where you, you're wondering, well, why us? We're not even that densely populated. It's especially you. In greater Minnesota or Wisconsin, Dakotas, Iowa, you need to stay at home as much as those of us in the urban areas. If, you know, it's, it's just as important that we all do that. It is without a doubt the most important thing that we can be doing. I'll say that a lot, but it is so important that I just keep repeating it because I want people to know that it is critically important that we do that. All right. Uh, We'll go back to the phones in a moment. I want to grab this text, which is not about the virus. Uh, The texter says this, I received my first shingles vaccination dose in January. How long do I have to get to the second dose to be fully protected? Yeah, you have to get the second one a few months after the first one. I think it's at least a month, but I'll take take that with a grain of salt because I'm I'm not uh, looking at the guidelines right in front of me um, from my home here. But uh, uh, it, it has to be separated in time by a few months. Once you get your second one, then you're done. Uh, you can get it any time. You can get it a few months later, six months later, uh, just so you get the second shot. That gives you full protection. People who do get the shingle shot say um, it, it has a, you don't feel well afterwards. So you should expect that. You might feel unwell for a day or two or three after you get the shingle shot. That has been a very common complaint of people. It's still worth getting it, but don't do it the day you have something on your schedule that you really have to do. Uh, Make sure that you're able to, you might get a small fever, you might feel achy and and really fatigued after getting the, the, the shingle shot. The first one's worse than the second, but you can get it with either shot. Okay. Uh, let's go back to the phones, doctor. Uh, I believe Pauline in Minneapolis is first up here. Pauline, uh, the doctor's listening. 
Yes, thank you for taking my call. When you say wiping down, what do you mean? Do you mean the whole house or the counters, the kitchen? Uh, and how often? I mean, I un understand the counters you wipe every day, but your floor, your uh, walls and all that, is that something that should be done too? Good questions, Pauline, really good ones. Um, if you are doing it, um, uh, if you want to work at home on your own, you don't have to do it quite so often, um, or, or just the people who live in your home. I think it's a very good idea to wipe down the surfaces that your hands will touch um, with either a disinfecting wipe or, like we talked about earlier, perhaps a, a rag in vinegar or a bleach-based solution. By that, I would do the doorknobs, the, the microwave handle, the refrigerator handle, the stove handle, um, the phone, the computer, keyboard, and mouse. I would do that a few times a day. Now, if you have visitors, I would do it immediately upon them leaving. Um, I would prefer you didn't have any visitors. But if you just did it a couple times a day, um, then you will be killing off um, the virus. Uh, even if it were in your home, you'd be killing it off, and then you would be putting yourself at much less risk. I don't think you need to be, like, mopping your floors more often or, or vacuuming the carpet any more often than you were doing before. Uh, I don't think that, that that would probably not be necessary. All right. 651-989-9226 is the number, phone number, and text number, for that matter. Uh, back to the phones we go, Dr. Mark is calling from Hudson with a question for you. Go ahead, Mark. Thank you. Hello, the doctor. This is an orthopedic question today. I'm a 60-year-old active male, and I had knee surgery about 20 years ago because I wore off the bottom of the femur. I have random swelling of my knee with fluid on the knee, and I need to have it drained sometimes. Do I need to go in and see the orthopedic to have the fluid on my knee drained? Yes, you do, but not now. <laughs> But you could, I bet you could see that coming. Yes, it would be. Um, if you're having swelling of the knee 20 years after your surgery, I don't know if it's at all related to your surgery. It might be something entirely new. It could be related to the hardware in your knee. Uh, but um, if it is not accompanied by a couple of things, then I wouldn't do anything now. But but um, but I would see your orthopedic surgeon or a rheumatologist even. Uh, a few months from now. The things that would prompt you to need to seek care now are if the knee is red and hot. Literally, if you put the back of your hand on that knee and it is really hot compared to the other one, or if it's turning red, that's a sign of an infected joint, which is an emergency, or at least an urgency. You would need to have that dealt with now, even during the virus thing. But if it were, if it's just swollen and it's causing you some problems and it's not red and hot and you don't have a fever and all that stuff, then you can just stay home um, and eventually, yes, go in and have somebody put a needle in there, take out some of the fluid and make sure that it's, uh, 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 they, could, they could take care of it then. Doctor, we're getting a number of text messages that were kind of related about if somebody, you know, there's one person that works at a pharmacy, some folks uh, are worried about their clothing when they come in the house from outside. Uh, what what should they do? The shoes? Uh, do they wash the clothes? 
they're concerned about bringing something in on uh, not just their hands. What do you think? That's a good question. Um, those a uh, little uh, tip of what we're doing at the hospital, and I don't think you have to all do this, but most of us at the hospital either, we change into a new set of, we don't wear the clothes from the hospital home out of an abundance of caution. What I am doing, and again, it's because I work at a hospital, I am coming home and removing my clothes immediately, putting them into the wash immediately, and taking a shower immediately. I wouldn't recommend that for everybody. That is probably taking, you don't need to do that. If you go out to a store, a grocery store, you pick up your 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 essentials, um, uh, I think you're at relatively low risk on your clothing. We don't know exactly how long it lives on clothing, but it does live for some hours outside the human body. It lives a longer time on flat surfaces like metal, like your refrigerator door. But on clothing, we don't know how long it lasts. If you are at higher risk or you go to a setting where you are unable to remain physically distant from other people, you might choose to come home and wash all your clothes immediately. Your shoes, just leave them by the front door. I think it, I can't imagine a situation where you're going to get it from your shoes. But um, it might be wise to not wear the same clothes that you were wearing in the community in your home. I don't want to overly... Uh, uh, drive that point home. Uh, If you simply went out and made a quick run in your car and you came back home, you're probably fine. But if you were out and about among people, the the most abundantly cautious thing you could do would be to wash your clothes when you got home, like, like we do when we get home from the hospital. Sure. All right, let's go back to the phones. George is calling from Oakdale, I believe. Uh, George, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, good morning, Dr. and Denny. Say, I have a question. We keep talking about the close contact and going out. Uh, my wife, who is uh, 67, she is going into uh, chemo treatments every 21 days for chemotherapy, and she's scheduled again for this Thursday at the medical clinic. Is this something that at this point, three weeks since her last uh, treatment, that we have to be concerned about going into this environment because things have changed so much in just the last three weeks. And we stay home. We don't have visitors. We're keeping her, keeping ourselves away from people. Um, and so I'm concerned about this next visit and going into the environment where we're going to have close contact with people, I mean, for six hours during the day for the treatment. What, what do you think about that? George, that's a tough question, um, and it's a legitimate question. And I, my, um, because I would tell you and and your wife what I tell everybody else: try to avoid going for unnecessary treatments. However, cancer treatments are generally necessary. What I would do is um, call your oncologist and ask them, uh, you know, if this if this is uh, truly um, part of her treatment regimen that is intended to treat and cure her cancer, you probably are going to need to go. Um, uh, That would be different than an elective visit to your doctor or your eye doctor or your dentist. All elective things, I would say, put them off. But we're telling people to put them off for some months, and you probably can't put off your chemotherapy that long maybe a week, but not months and months. And so have a good conversation with your oncologist. Ask them what things you ought to do to make sure that she is as safe as possible. Perhaps they are putting masks on patients and, and their staff. My guess is that they might be. 
Um, we still have we have a great shortage of masks in this um, in our community, but this is a situation where it might be um, uh, where they'll probably have one on um, because she is at some risk uh, because of her uh, immune system. I wish I had a better answer for that. But I think I would have the conversation with the doctor or the nurse or the nurse practitioner or the PA, whoever you're seeing at your cancer clinic, and get some reassurance about what steps you can take to make it as safe as possible. That's what here you is need, a, George, and to your wife. Very good. Uh, doctor, we need to take a quick break here. Let me alert our listeners. We have more time for your phone calls and text messages, 651-989-9226. That number applies to both the phone call and your text questions as well. 651-989-9226. Right now in the Twin Cities, as we head to this break, light snow, fog, and mist. Our temperature reading on WCCO 34. And good morning. Welcome back to Healthy Matters. We have texters, we have callers for Dr. David Hilden. And I uh, tell you what, let's do this. Uh, let's grab some phone calls, then we'll pick up on the text messages. Frank, I believe, is first up. You're calling from Faribault. Uh, Frank, you're on with the doctor. Yep, Go ahead, doctor. Frank. Yes. I was wondering, uh, my wife has a lung disease, and I wonder, uh, is there any mask available so if she does go out, even uh, if she goes walking or anything, should she have one on? What do you think on that part? It's a good question and a, and a totally legit one because people who are who have lung disease uh, are at higher risk for getting coronavirus and at higher risk of it if they do. Our current recommendations are, you know, they change uh, they change frequently, but we base it on the best evidence that we have. And our current evidence is that the people that need to be wearing masks, now I'm not talking healthcare workers, I mean in the general population, are those that are infected. So it really is effective if you have uh, any kind of lung infection to wear a mask because it's your coughing and sneezing that's the problem. However, we don't know, there's not a lot of evidence for, for what is the best thing to do for people who are not infected, like your wife. Um, should she wear one going around, I just in public? In an ideal situation, I would say it, it probably is somewhat helpful to have her wear one. Our problem is the lack of them. I'm hopeful that that will get better over the coming months, uh, As and it's the reason we're asking people to stay home is that because in the coming months we'll be able to get more equipment. We'll be able to manufacture and purchase more, something we maybe should have been doing two months ago, but we weren't. And so now it's time to do all that. And so if she can find one, um, that it's not unreasonable for her to wear one. Let's, let me just put it that way. Um, is it the most important thing she can do? No. The most important thing she can do is to stay home and wash her hands about every hour and do not touch her face. Those are the most important things she can do. All right. Uh, Thank you, Frank. Uh, Let's go to Bloomington. Scott has been waiting there to uh, ask a question. Scott, go ahead, please. Uh, Thank you for taking my call, doctor. Uh, My wife and I are both 65, and our son has asked us to take his dog and watch the dog for about about four or five days. Um, Is it safe to bring his dog into our home? I love that question, and I a great answer. The, everything we know um, is that that's okay. Uh, your dog or his dog is not a transmitter. 
that that this is a virus that goes human to human, and uh, uh, it started out going from an a- from an animal to a human, but it does not pass that way now. As at least that's all the evidence that we have now. Uh, I would uh, whether touching the dog and all that makes any difference. I don't have good information about that. Um, in the grand scheme of things, I think this is a low risk situation. I think it's probably just fine for you to watch to um, watch his dog. Um, I would not, uh, when you do the pass off, I wouldn't touch your son. I wouldn't come close to him, but he can drop off the dog. And I think that'll be just okay. People have asked, well, is it on the dog's fur and all that? And, and it's sort of like the clothing question. Is it on your clothing? Well, it might be, um, it's not going to live there forever. Um, uh, so, uh, there's probably some increased risk of that, but, um, I can't say anything more definitive about whether that's a risk factor. Um, we are not telling people to limit their exposure to their animals at this time. Okay. Uh, let's see. Thank you, Scott. Betty, I think, may be our last caller. We'll grab some text messages. Betty is calling from St. Louis Park. Good morning, Betty. Hello, Betty. All right. Maybe Betty has left us. Let's, uh, we have so many text messages. Let's see if we can't pick a few before... Uh, you take your leave today, doctor. Here's one that says, I'm 61, my husband 58. Our three adult daughters live with us. One is a teacher, currently working from home. The other two have been home from college uh, for weeks. They have boyfriends who they want to see and invite over. How concerned should I be about having boyfriends over? Also, I'm an elementary teacher and I have a history of Crohn's disease. I'm worried about my risk of getting COVID-19 if we are back at school. What would my risk be? Uh, as it seems this like this pandemic could go on for months. Um, for Betty, or, or no, this isn't Betty. This is from a text. Right. Right? Um, uh, the Crohn's disease is an immune, uh, uh, immune process problem, so she, her immune system is not normal. It is a digestive problem, so I don't know if there's any connection with higher risk for, uh, for the COVID virus. I couldn't comment on that. I would say um, for no boyfriends, though. Sorry to her to her children, but you should not bring additional people into a household that already has three, four, four or five adults living in it, regardless of who they are. Um, those boyfriends should not be there. Um, uh, and sorry, um, that's just a, a, a one that is fairly clear that would not be a good idea. Here's somebody a texter that says: Is rubbing alcohol on a baby wipe good enough to kill the bacteria? I put them in a baggie and pour rubbing alcohol on them. I think so. Rubbing yeah. alcohol is a type of uh, wood alcohol that is, as long as it's higher than sixty percent alcohol, and I think rubbing alcohol is much higher than that. So yes, rubbing alcohol would be an effective treatment um, to wipe down your surfaces with. You can put it on a rag and and on your fridge handles and microwave handles and all that. That sounds like an effective method to me. I think I know your answer for this next text. Should I go in for a routine physical or delay? Delay, delay, delay. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that one you can put off. You can put that one off for six months if you have to. I, I would recommend it. Now, that that's for your routine physical. If you have high blood pressure and the like, make sure you're not running out of medications. We don't want the coronavirus to lead to a bunch more strokes and heart attacks. So call your doctor. Get refills. Make sure that you're treating your diabetes, your high blood pressure, your heart disease. That's super important. 
that you be in touch with your doctor. Do an e-visit if you can. Almost everybody's doing uh, phone and e-visits, including us at Hennepin Healthcare. You can do it by uh, technology. That I strongly recommend. You do it by technology. But I also very strongly recommend you put off your routine health visits. Had a few texts about uh, the morning newspaper. Somebody's reading theirs in bed uh, while listening to the <laughs> to the show. And this other text that came in says, what about the morning newspaper? Does it need to be disinfected, do you think? That's a great question that I'm asking myself because I've got two of them delivered to my house this morning. And my I read the paper front to back with my coffee. Um, I don't know how long it lives on paper, probably not quite as long as on metal surfaces. The porous things seem to not be as long as the shiny ones like metal. But that's, but I would assume it's on everything. That's, I guess, the way I think the safest thing is to assume it's on your newspaper. Read your paper. When you're done with it, wash your hands and don't touch your face while you're reading your newspaper. It sounds kind of silly, but I think you just kind of assume that it's not the cleanest thing in the world. And it might have virus on it. Very low risk, very low, but it might. And so uh, I think just... You can't, like, wipe down the newspaper. So I would just put it, read the thing, and then wash your hands when you're done. Very good. That's what I recommend. Makes sense. Makes sense. We have about a minute to go, doctor. Maybe a quick text. What, medication, uh, what medications if uh, that do we have on hand uh, would you recommend if we have those uh, COVID system, uh, uh, symptoms at home? Anything to take over the counter? Nothing. No, we have nothing over the counter. Yeah. Um, uh, I have just, we've got nothing to offer. So just yeah. uh, things that make you feel better. Tea, uh, take a Tylenol if you need to, um, if, if you're having some aches and pains. Um, uh, there's nothing that will actually treat it, however. Okay. Let's I do want to, in our last, yeah. do I have a minute, Danny? Oh, yeah, yeah, 30 seconds. Okay, I want to encourage people to go to hennepinhealthcare.org. You can sign up for electronic visits. You can get tips on COVID anxiety. There are workout videos. There is a message from our new CEO, Jennifer D. Kubelis. You might want to look at that. You can donate to healthcare workers. You can, you can write a thank you note to healthcare workers. It's all at hennepinhealthcare.org. And also check out my blog, myhealthymatters.org, myhealthymatters.org. Let's do another show next week, Doctor. Thanks very much Let's for today. Right now, 34 degrees. Stay with us. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.